podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to untangle a string of Christmas lights. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about a mishmash of holiday stuff. First, we discuss some games we've played recently, including Break the Cube, the Key Enigma game series, and My Father's Work. Then, we talk about how gaming factors in to our holiday season. And now, here are your hosts, Amby and Crystal. One quick announcement before we hop into the main episode. If you have been listening to our show over the past few years, then you know that we release an episode every two weeks without fail, come heck or high water, except with <laughs> for one exception, and that is our holiday hiatus. We always take one episode off around the holidays just to, you know, alleviate a little bit of stress on our ends, especially as we tend to be traveling or hanging out with family and doing stuff mm-hmm. like that. So in two weeks, there will be no episode. I know you're going to be sad about it, but I think you'll survive. Uh, <laughs> we'll still be doing most of our, well, actually, I'm not sure. Are we doing our usual Twitch streams during the, the holidays? Because I'm going to be traveling, uh... so I probably won't be. <laughs> <laughs> I might do them. I won't be traveling. Traveling, so we'll, we'll see. Okay. I mean, I theoretically might be able to do something. Uh, I'm trying to think of how many Tuesdays I'm going to be gone. And I think technically I will only be out of town for a single Tuesday, but we'll see. So, you know, watch our social media channels or just mm-hmm. hang out in our Discord and that's where we usually say things. Yep. Recently, I got a review copy of Break the Cube, which is published by Yellow, designed by Ryohei Kurahashi, and published in 2022. So Break the Cube is a 15 to 25 minute, two to four player deduction game. So it's like a spatial deduction game. In the game, you're building this structure out of three blocks. There's like a L-shaped block, like a Tetris L-shape. There's like a two square block just like a stick and then a three square block that's like a little little l and you use those three to build a little structure in a three by three grid and then there's rules for building the structure like it can't be more than three cubes tall and it has to be at least two layers and then your opponent is also building a structure or all of your opponents and you're trying to guess the opponent to your left structure by asking different things so you have a grid that has like numbers one through nine and then it has letters on the sides pointing in so you ask them like what is at number eight if you ask them that then they tell you what color they see if you're looking from the top at number eight of your grid and then or you can ask like what's that letter h And then they look at the side and they tell you what colors they see from the side, like all the way stacked up. So like on layer one is red, then another red, then a blue. So you kind of get these little snapshots of what the structure will look like and then try to build it because you have a copy of their cubes. Okay. So you're trying to build it. And then basically the first person to build their opponent's structure wins. (laughs) Everyone gets the same number of turns too. So like when someone guesses correctly, then you finish the round. So I played this once at three players and once at two players. So at three players, you're all guessing the person to your left. I I liked it better at two players because it was a more head-to-head thing. Whereas at three players, it's basically, I mean, both ways, it's basically like a kind of, you're just kind of doing your own little puzzle, trying to figure out the other person's thing. And then it's a race. But depending on like how tough they build the structure and how lucky you get, like you could get lucky with the player to your left having an easy structure and then the player to your right is like, wait, that's not fair. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so, so so I think it's better like head to head because then it's just like, okay, well, it's your own fault that you built an easy to get structure and that's why I won or something like that. So then it's just like, you're guessing each other. So I think it's best at two players if you're like super competitive. <laughs> Otherwise it's, it's a very quick game. And if you like like spatial deduction, I like that stuff. That's basically what it is. It's just a 
spatial deduction game. Mostly, not, not too much interaction, but it might feel more like interaction at a two-player game because you're kind of like trying to build a better structure than the other person that's harder to guess. But yeah, that's Break the Cube. And then another couple of review copies I got are the Key Enigma Escape Room games. So Crystal and I both got some different escape rooms from Key Enigma. So Key Enigma is a escape room, take-home escape room game publisher. <laughs> and they, I feel like they've been around for a while. Like I have seen their stuff mm-hmm. like advertised to me. Yeah. Obviously, you know, the algorithms at this point know that I like <laughs> escape room stuff. Yes. So I'm not saying like they're wildly popular. Who knows? They may be. But I've seen their stuff around for a while and been mm-hmm, very curious too. about it. Yeah, I actually had them. So I've mentioned before, maybe somewhere, but like I I have a list, a Google Doc spreadsheet of escape room games that I've played, uh, escape room board games. And then I have a list of ones that I want to play still. And so this had been on my list for a while. So I I had known about Kiyagunema. I don't remember when I first heard about it, but then they also reached out to us to send us review copies. So I got a copy of Wizcape Academy and then also Kalinasu, which are two separate escape rooms. So Wizcape Academy is a shorter one. It's one session of two hours is what it says on the website, but it's like themed around you're going to a school for wizards and Kalinasu is four chapters that are each one hour. And that one's like an adventure one where you're trying to find this treasure. (laughs) And mine, the butterfly curse is a horror themed game about a curse that happens when a (laughs) butterfly lands on you. Yeah. I'm being very vague for a reason. We'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) Yeah. So they're all differently themed, very different themes. So I played both Wizcape Academy and Kalinasu. I played them solo. I liked them both, but I liked Wizcape Academy better, partly because of the art style. So I like Wizcape Academy has like a cartoony art style, which I really like. Kalinasu was more, it had like real pictures and stuff. And then it was more like adventure with pirates and stuff. But Wizcape Academy, you can look on their website for the art style. It it was more cartoony, look kind of like... You know, I like Disney, so I like cartoony <laughs> art style. <laughs> I would assume the Wiz Cape Academy one is also kid friendly, or is it? What's the it age? Says, it says on fourteen plus on it, but oh, okay. I don't remember any like theme that was too bad, so it might just be because the puzzles are maybe uh, more yeah, challenging. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, Kalinasu says fourteen plus as well. So okay, well, mine is sixteen plus, and uh-huh. honestly, I don't even. <laughs> it's. It's not adult content. Here, hold on. Let me let me just tell you about mine real quick. Because <laughs> I have technically not played through all of the Butterfly Curse yet. Mm-hmm. The Butterfly Curse comes with a demo that is also related to the escape room game itself. And the demo is pretty much entirely online. So this game, you use a web browser for parts of it. Mm-hmm. But there are physical components as well for the main part. But the demo is pretty much just online. And I played through the demo by myself (laughs) and got so scared that I could not continue on my own. So I I am very excited to try out the rest of the Butterfly Curse. It is a cool (laughs) theme. Basically, it's kind of in the same vein of horror movies like The Ring or something like that, where once Mm -hmm. you get cursed, you essentially have to curse someone else to break it and not, Mm. you know, succumb to it. I'm obviously being vague for lots of reasons, but the demo scared me. (laughs) It was really, really well made. And even when I was going through it, I was able to anticipate some of the scary things that happened and some of them I wasn't. And 
whoo, they did a good job on it. I, you know, when it comes to gaming experiences, we've talked in the past about how horror is hard to capture in an analog format. So I think mm -hmm. this do this hybrid model of both online and physical components mm -hmm. is a really good way to try and capture that horror feeling. Yeah. And they've succeeded, at least in the demo. So more to come once I have another human here that can play it with me and it's not nighttime and I'm in a really good mood to begin with because otherwise I don't think I'll be able to handle it. Yeah, and that's with mine. It wasn't horror theme, but I wanted to mention that, that they're immersive because the way both of them work is that it has physical components that they send you. So there's like papers and different puzzles that have physical parts, but then also a web app and the internet. So Wizcape Academy, it was mostly done through the web app that you didn't need to use Google or any other searching or anything. But Kalinasu, it also needed like some Googling and Google Maps and searching and stuff, maybe emails or something. So that's another reason I liked it a little less because I like more contained escape rooms and not like separate internet other than within the web app kind of. But the way you do the answers is there's like a chat on the web app. So like someone's talking to you through the chat in both of these games. There's someone talking to you and then you like tell them the answer or sometimes you fill in the answer because there, there's like a separate website that shows you like the room you're in or something and then you like fill in the answer and then it goes on and the chat continues. So and it even has pauses for the chat, like like it's someone talking to you. So that helps make it a lot more immersive. Which yeah, is to be clear, cool. this is not a real human on the other yeah, end. Yeah. It is an AI, but <laughs> yeah, they, they AI. do a good job of making it appear as if it is a real person. Yeah, yeah, and then they have, like, because of the pauses and stuff. But then the pauses also, I think in Kalinasu, I needed to have, like, a hint for something. And the problem with that was, like, it didn't actually know where I was because I had, like, there was a multi-part puzzle. And so I had solved, like most of it and just needed a hint for the last part but then like I asked for a hint but then it's like telling me a hint's in order at the beginning <laughs> so I had to wait for the, like the person to chat or the AI to like be typing and then chat and I'm like no I just I want the next like I've done all of that <laughs> so um that's that why got... analog has an advantage I suppose is because yeah. like you know when we're doing the exit advent calendars if you want hint number one flip the page over a little bit if you want yeah. hint number two flip it over a little bit more like it's pretty easy <laughs> yeah so that was like the only annoying part that I had I think but otherwise like I really enjoyed it I really liked the mix of the physical and the digital because that made really creative puzzles lots of different types of puzzles too I think there was one puzzle that was similar in both Wizcape and Kalinasu for me uh, I think one one puzzle was similar but like otherwise a lot of them were very different I think also they're replayable so Wizcape Academy I'm pretty sure is replayable like the components you can give it on to someone else in Kalinasu, it says it's replayable on the box, but I think you have to be very careful with the components to make it replayable because there was like, yeah, I, I don't want to like do any spoilers, but like, I don't think it's completely replayable as I played it. If someone pl replayed it now, they would kind of be spoiled by, by one of the components. So... <laughs> But it's mostly I, so, replayable. <laughs> so I guess, obviously, we, it is the holiday season right now. I, I, I You can uh, chime in on what you think here, Ambi. But I would say if you have a friend that loves escape rooms or puzzle mm -hmm. games, this is a great gift. Uh, obviously, yeah. y'all will be listening to this um, when it's pretty, you know, like yeah, time-wise. might be a little late. If, but, but giving... <laughs> I mean, shoot, birthdays are coming up. There's always Christmas mm -hmm. next year. And there's a lot of these different Key Enigma games. I would say this is... Especially for somebody who, you know, maybe has only played physical escape rooms. Obviously, there's a lot of analog escape room options now. And these mm -hmm. are more immersive, 
story-wise than I would say yeah. a lot of the other board game escape rooms have been. Not all of them, but, you know, a, a decent number of them. Like, this felt far more... I mean, I'm still scared. I played the demo earlier today, Ambie, and I'm literally still, <laughs> like, a little bit... Like, I'm worried about going to sleep tonight. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm a wuss. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to yes, scare the pants message, off yeah. your friends, buy the butterfly curse. Or mm -hmm. maybe your friends are less wussy than I am. <laughs> and if you want, like, a more friendly one than Wizcave Academy, I would recommend. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So those are the key Enigma games. All right. So there was a game that came out this year, 2022, that I had seen when it was on Kickstarter. I probably back in 2021, if I had to guess, but I'm not quite sure when the campaign was run. And I had almost backed the Kickstarter. I figured it would be something I would like, but it was a pretty expensive game. And so I was like, oh, I don't know. And I didn't end up backing it. And then it started shipping to Kickstarter backers earlier this year. And everybody was losing their minds about how good it was. And I was kind of like, ugh. Like, I think... <laughs> I maybe made the mistake here, which obviously, you know, I'm fine not having every great board game, but my father's work from Renegade Game Studios designed by TC Petty. Y'all, I got to play my friend's copy of this. So for those who are not familiar, my father's work is a worker placement board game themed around the idea that the players are all cousins who are descendants of scientists, basically, who were trying to discover like big epic inventions, sometimes to the detriment of their own health or the community. So think something like Victor Frankenstein creating Frankenstein's monster, that kind of thing. But there could be any number of different inventions or discoveries that your ancestors were trying to do. And you are the descendant of that person taking their work and trying to complete it. The game is played over three generations, meaning you actually play your own descendant in the game two separate times. And each generation is three rounds. So there are a total of nine rounds in the game, but do not be deceived. This is not a short game. This will take you, especially for your first play, three to four hours minimum. The game is thematic, narrative driven, and there is an app, a companion app that you have to use when you're playing the game. The board where you are going to be placing a lot of your workers, the, the shared board is the city where everyone lives. And that is part of a book. And the book has different pages in it that have different locations. And the app tells you which page to go to in any given round or generation. Those will change over time, especially based on the decisions that the players actually make related to the narrative. And then each player on their own player board has specific spaces that their workers can go to. Certain workers can do certain things and other workers can't. So for instance, you have some servants at your disposal that you can send into town to go get resources and whatnot. But if you put your servant into your laboratory to actually work on the experiment, they will get scared and leave and they will not be with you the next round. So you have to make some very like strategic decisions in how to utilize your different workers because some workers can do some things and others can't. Uh, you also have to make sure that you're not going mad throughout the course of this. There is a track that basically is showing how sane you are throughout the course of this game. And also the townspeople can get upset with you and a, a mob <laughs> can basically attack you if their track meets up with a certain part of the thing on the board. There's a lot going on in this one narratively. 
but it is not a campaign game. Each game is a singular experience. The scenario that we played when we finished it, we received one of the eight possible endings for that particular scenario. So it is entirely replayable, which I think is really cool. It feels like a campaign game as you're playing it, but it isn't a campaign game. You don't have to play multiple games to get the full story. It all comes within those nine rounds. So I think it's really cool in that way because it feels the most like a campaign game that isn't. And I love the theme. It's really interesting. They also put some notes in the rule book regarding being sensitive to certain things that were popular in like Victorian England that are not necessarily you know, good today, like the way certain people were treated and things like mm -hmm. that. They do have some notes in the rule book addressing things like that. And they have fictionalized a lot of things. It is not, it's so, kind of based in the real world, but not really. Basically, if you like sitting at a table for three or four hours and having a really good <laughs> gameplay experience that is very thematic, this is one of those games that you are probably going to want to take a look at. I really want to play it again. And I'm very excited to do so. So, Greg, I know you listen to the podcast. We got to <laughs> set up another time to play this soon. Please and thank you. Maybe in January for your birthday. <laughs> like, I'll just plan that for him. I'll be like, Greg, for your birthday, you're bringing my father's work over to my house. But anyway, y'all, this is a fun one. I, I've only played it the one time, but I am definitely looking forward to playing it more. And I might have to get my own copy. But that is my father's work from Renegade Game Studios. Yeah, I remember hearing a lot about this. It sounds interesting, the theme, and it sounds really neat. It is. It's, I, it's really enjoyable. So holidays are happening around they us. They sure are. <laughs> and because of that, we wanted to talk about holiday traditions and holiday plans and holiday stuff because that's what we were going to talk about. Not because we didn't think of a topic idea. No, no, no. definitely not because of that at <laughs> because, all. It's because this is what's on our mind. <laughs> we're in pre-holiday hiatus mode, basically. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So everything about holidays, holiday hiatus, we're, we're alliterating everything. The holiday hiatus, holiday happenings. Oh yeah. Right? All of yeah. the, all of the alliteration for sure. So I guess we could, we could kick it off with something that is definitely gaming related. And that mm -hmm. is during the hall. So you and I both celebrate Christmas Obviously, there are a lot of other holidays that happen in the month of December. Mm -hmm. uh, but for me personally, Christmas is the thing that I celebrate. So that's what I'll mm -hmm. be referencing. Do you have any gaming related traditions or things that you tend to do around the holidays with your friends or family? So we don't do anything specific for Christmas. And now we don't, we haven't been celebrating as much as we used to for Christmas because it's been busy. We haven't been able to like travel. But for Toby's birthday, which is in December as well, we have an annual, which I, I've mentioned this multiple times, but we have an annual mini convention in quotes Toby for Con. his birthday. Yeah, TCon. And we have friends come over and play games all day from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. <laughs> it's always it's always 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. <laughs> yeah, so we play a lot of games. And that's also when we do our annual culling of our collection, which actually today, the day we're recording this, Toby and I went through our games and decided which games we're getting rid of, which is I saw a lot of the games. photo that you posted in the Discord. Yes. And there's some good stuff in there that yes. you're getting rid of. And there's also like, we went through all of our games. So we looked through like, even games that we used to love and like just we haven't played it in seven years or something and it's like oh and like okay okay fine <laughs> like that that's that was my thoughts as we were like okay I'm kind of sad but also like we we never play this so yeah 
Especially if you can, if you, if it can, if you know it can go to a good home, mm-hmm. then you know, then the Hopefully. game gets to be played again. Yeah. Although I think now, by now, like all the people that are coming, they've been getting these games from us every year, so they're probably getting too many games too. So now they can call things to their other friends yeah. that are not in this particular gaming group, and it's the the circle of life, you know, but yeah. with board games. Yeah, so what about you? So I, unsurprisingly, everyone kind of at this point expects me to bring some mm-hmm. kind of board game with me to any family gathering. Mm-hmm. Back when my parents were still together and it was my entire immediate family meeting up for Christmas, I would usually bring home games like lighter stuff. I've talked about this on the podcast in the past, but things like Strike or Rumble in the Dungeon, which no one ever talks about anymore. There was a couple other versions of it, like Rumble in the House. It's a very, very light game where you're moving characters around in a modular dungeon and trying to be the last person alive, but you don't know which characters are assigned to which players. So you can move any character on your turn. And it's, it's like very, very light mechanically, but like super fun and easy to pick up. Mm-hmm. That one was actually a favorite of my dad's, surprisingly. Oh. But nowadays, you know, I'm going to bring things like Just One. Mm-hmm. Last year, I brought So Clover and my sister liked it so much that I just left it with her. And so <laughs> now I don't own So Clover and I need to rebuy it. But now I know she owns it. So when I go home for Christmas, I'm like, haha, we already have So Clover. I don't have to bring nice. that. But yeah, basically, like if I know the whole family is getting together and there's going to be some downtime, which inevitably there always tends to be. I will always have games on hand at this Mm -hmm. point. We also like to do Jackbox games and other things like that too. We used to always bring games too. You were talking about how you always would bring Strike and Rumble in the Dungeon. Rumble. Rumble Rumble in the Dungeon. Yeah. But um, I think we ended up just bringing like the new games that we had found that we really like. And so like each year it's new games and people are like, oh, you're bringing a new game this year. Oh yeah, like no, new, we, I would sometimes do game. that too. Yeah. I, try, I tried to stop that after a while because I realized <laughs> that's a lot for people. Yeah. yeah, and then so sometimes we would like bring a game that they, we had played last year that everyone liked. So well, are there any games that like that you always bring that's now tradition to bring? I mean, I would say just one is probably one. top uh-huh. of my list for any social gathering with anyone at this point just because it's so good i have two copies Mm -hmm. of the game all stored in a single box but truthfully with just one you don't even have to bring the marker boards and the markers if you don't can't Mm -hmm. like you could just get like slips of paper and pens and it, it doesn't work quite as well, obviously, as the like nice little boards. But if you have the deck of cards, you could play just mm-hmm. one even without the other components. And yeah, I combine two copies of the game into a single box. So that way mm-hmm. I can play with more than seven players or I can play just two instead of just one, which is the fan variant of the game. <laughs> cool. And we haven't traveled for holidays in a while. So like we haven't had to bring games <laughs> in a while. So well, we don't yeah. have like a specific game nowadays well when I was a kid my family is definitely my dad was a gamer I'm Mm -hmm. a gamer and both of us my whole family likes video games as well so when I was Mm -hmm. little often like if we got a new game console for Christmas we would end up playing that you know so gaming (laughs) has always been part of my holidays but it hasn't always been board games yeah oh when I was a kid when we were kids we had the n64 
And when we went to visit my mom's side, when we went to my grandparents' house, we would bring our N64 in games and then play it with our cousins. Well, the younger cousin would get an unplugged controller, but like we would play (laughs) it with the the people, the ones who could play uh, because there's only four players. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was always fun to play the new consoles or the new video (laughs) games or whatever. I really enjoyed doing that. And it was funny. We actually had earlier than the N64 we had a Nintendo obviously Mm -hmm. back in the day like the original Nintendo and we had one at both our house and my grandma had one at her house that she had (laughs) bought for us Uh it was like later but it was great because even when we went to Christmas at grandma's house we had a Nintendo that we could play on and sometimes (laughs) once in a while my grandma would sit down and play and it was so funny to watch her because she would like move (laughs) along with Mario she'd be like sitting on the the seat like bouncing (laughs) along with Mario as he was going on the screen and I know nobody can see what I'm doing right now but watching my grandma do that was just like that is burned into my memory is one of my best like best memories is watching my grandma bounce along with Mario that's funny the year that my sister and I got our Nintendo 64 for Christmas mm-hmm. I'm gonna call my mother out for a minute god bless her I love my mother y'all know if you watch our tri- twitch stream she hangs out in the chat she is wonderful the best but when it comes to hiding presents not always the, the smartest cookie Because the year the Nintendo 64 came out, we didn't know if we were going to get one for Christmas or not. And I was very lucky that we did end up getting it the year it was released. But leading up to Christmas, at one point, my mom comes to my sister and I and she's like, oh, girls, I was moving some of the Christmas decorations and I broke a bunch of Christmas ornaments on the floor in the guest bedroom. So don't, I close the door, don't go in there because it's really dangerous. You're going to cut your feet open. It'll be horrible. Like, just don't go in there. And so my sister and I were like, okay. And then as soon as mom walked away, we were like Christmas presents are hidden in the guest bedroom <laughs> like we knew it instantly <laughs> like so as soon as like we were old enough at that point that like I want to say this very delicately in case we have younger viewers but we were still um you know doing the full Christmas thing the full everything for Christmas for kiddos so you know we we, we loved to buy into the the the, 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 the stuff and we went and looked under the bed in the guest bedroom and we saw our Nintendo 64 and we knew it was there. And then we had to wait until Christmas. And that was the most painful couple of weeks, I think, of my entire young life because I knew it was there and I couldn't touch it. Wow. I don't think I ever knew what I was getting for Christmas. I mean, well, obviously you filled out your list for Santa and then Santa yeah. would sometimes bring you what you wanted, right? Yeah, but I don't know if I ever like thought about it much after <laughs> the list. Like, I would just like forget about it. <laughs> gift giving and gift receiving is definitely mm-hmm. one of my love languages. So like I have a lot of memories around gifts, both given mm-hmm. and received throughout my life. It's something that yeah. like, it's one of my core, one of the core memory things is, is gift stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gifts is fun. We don't do as many gifts because yeah, I, I think we didn't get like a whole lot of gifts for Christmas and my parents used to make gifts for us too so like santa would get us presents and then like my parents would make us presents nice <laughs> and, and so now i i've been making our kids presents too i i it's not a surprise this year like i asked them what they wanted me to make them and then they told me 
uh, one wants a Christmas tree. <laughs> like I asked them what they want me to crochet them. So I'm like crocheting yeah. this a plushie for them. So one's a Christmas tree and another one's an orange convertible. So Nice. And then they have saw me crocheting it. So they're like, ooh, I'm going to get this. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute though. Like yeah. that's really special. Like as they're growing up, they're going to mm-hmm. be like, yeah, I got to see like my mom put all this love and care into my present, you know? And I'm not sure how many more years I'll be able to like make things for them because I don't know if they'll grow out of like plushies soon. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you ever ask for board games as a gift from anyone? Not really anymore. <laughs> like I like the board games for now that I'm an adult, like everything that's on my wish list, I can just like buy. And for board games, we just buy them like we Yeah, I know. I'm kind of the same way. So... Like generally if I want a board game, I will buy it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't put board games on my wish list, but I have put board games on our kids' wish list. So I have like an Amazon wish list for them, which I should probably put other things on it, but so far it like mostly only has board games on it right now that, <laughs> that I kind of want for them. But now they have so many board games already now because nice. I've been buying them all these board games. So I should put other things that like they actually ask for. Now that they're getting older, they're going to actually ask for things themselves, I think. So I should start putting things that they want on there. I mean, yeah. they do like board games, but <laughs> like other I mean, things we all We all like board games, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you and I don't tend to receive a lot of board games as gifts nowadays because we buy them ourselves, but do you gift board games to anyone else? I haven't in a while, I think. Also, we don't give that many gifts now. Like, we don't, we don't do that many gifts, so, like, our friends don't do a bunch of gifts, so there aren't really many people who give gifts. And for the people that do, I'm giving gifts to, like, my friend's kid. She just has an Amazon wish list that I'm doing, and... But there, like a while ago, one of my like high school friends, we used to, to give gifts and give board games to them and they gave like board game stuff to us. But then nowadays we, we haven't done in like the last, I don't know, four years or something. We, we haven't given any board. Actually, no, we gave one board game as a gift recently, but it wasn't for, for the holidays. It was for a wedding present, oh, but okay. they had a bunch of board games on their wedding registry, but we got one that was not on their registry, I think, because they, they were honeymooning here. And so we got them Fox in the Forest duet because we were thinking, okay, we want a two-player game that they can like bring with them because they're going to be going on a road trip and like so portable. And so we had heard good things about that and and they liked it. So that was good. Nice. (laughs) Okay. So last thing, I'm going to pop quiz both of us. I have not (laughs) thought about my answers yet. So I'm pop Uh quizzing us both. If someone were to ask you right now, what's Mm -hmm. a really good board game to give as a gift? And they gave you no additional information. (laughs) So you don't know number of players, ages. So you've got to go real like like approachable, broadly approachable. What game would you suggest? Oh gosh, I don't know. (laughs) That is so hard because like, I don't know, probably like Codenames or something. (laughs) Codenames is a really good one. Because I'm thinking like it would have to be like an easy to learn game, probably like a party game that can do a lot like a variety of player counts <laughs> and yeah just, yeah like super accessible board game I think so <laughs> and since I already earlier in the episode mentioned just one and so clover which I do mm-hmm. think yeah, would work for this work, yeah. I'll say something that's not a party game and I'll say King Domino <laughs> which is one of my mm-hmm. all-time favorites and is really super approachable and I like I've played that game so much and I never get sick of it so I feel like that's a decent one to get people especially because a lot of people are familiar with the idea of dominoes so it's not like yeah, yeah. completely foreign looking mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but like really my real answer would be like, I need more information. Right, always, <laughs> right? Like, okay, tell me how many players, how old they are, how long do, you want to play. play. board games? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what your favorite game was as a kid. Like, that's sometimes helpful. Like, were you a Scrabble person or were you yeah. a Clue person or were you a Risk person? Because those things can definitely yeah. be, lead you in different directions. Yeah. Well, we would love to hear from you all what board games you're gifting this holiday season, or if you do receive any board games as gift, we, we want to hear about that too. So <laughs> hop into our Discord or hit us up on social media and let us know how board games are factoring into your holiday celebrations this year. And thank you all so much for another year of blitzing with us. We will be back in 2023. And Yay. oh my gosh, it'll be our seventh anniversary in just wow. a few months. Oh gosh, we need to plan for that. We sure do. <laughs> and that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, BoardGameBlitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. Do you think you can predict the end of the world? In Prophets of Doom, a new horror deduction city-building game coming to crowdfunding, players will be the founders of Doomsday Cults trying to prepare for the apocalypse. And if your favorite Gray Fox game doesn't get gifted to you this month, don't forget you can get 20% off non-exclusive items at grayfoxgames.com by using the code GFGBLITZ2022 at checkout. Join the Blitzketeer community on Discord by following the link in the show notes. You can support the show by leaving us a rating and a review on your podcast provider. And if you want behind-the-scenes access and an invite to our private Slack channel, visit patreon.com slash boardgamebliss. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Until next time, I want a shiny new board game for Christmas. Only a fancy board game box will do. I don't want a doll, no dinky tinker toy. I want a fancy boo board game to play with and enjoy. Bye, everyone. Bye. That's not how we start it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone cough. <laughs> okay. All right, as some of you might realize. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, no, um, visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for video and blog content. Whoops. I kicked the table. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>